podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Monster Month continues, and this week we'll be listening to a werewolf-themed episode. Specifically, I've chosen W is for Werewolf from the series Dark Fantasy. Dark Fantasy ran from November 14th through 1941 through June 19th, 1942. Originating from station WKY in Oklahoma City and broadcast nationwide by NBC. The show was created and written by Scott Bishop and promoted by NBC as the successor to Lights Out, which left the air two years earlier. This episode has a special connection for theater fans around the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, like us, as it features a performance by the late Don Stoltz, the owner of the Old Log Theater for nearly 70 years. In fact, the Old Log Theater opened two years before this episode aired, and Stoltz had already worked for the theater a year previous to the recording of this episode. He bought the theater in 1946 and remained the owner until selling it in 2013. Stoltz passed away in 2015 after a life dedicated to radio, television, and theater. According to the Pavic Museum of Broadcasting, his broadcasting career began in 1938 at WKY Radio in Oklahoma City, where he co-starred in the network program Devil's Roost. He later appeared on the CBS radio network program Let's Pretend. In 1953, he began the roles for which a generation remembers him, the pause and off-screen voices of Towser the Dog and Tallulah the Cat on the beloved WCCO-TV children's show Axel and His Dog. He was 24 years old when he played young Johnny in today's story. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music. And listen to the voices. I'm glad to see you. Well, Jim Howard, welcome to Cape Howe. You're just the medicine the doctor ordered. <laughs> and you're the doctor. How are you, Bill? Never better. Say, am I glad to shake hands with you again. You're the same old Jim. Five years haven't changed you a single bit. Well, I'm sorry. I can't say the same thing about you. You look tired, almost sick. I say you aren't ill, are you? Ill? Oh, no. No, I've just been working hard. Not much sleep lately. Come on, I've got a wagon waiting right over here. Wagon? Sure, nothing fancy about us. 
We'll take the wagon to the boat landing, and then we'll row over to my island. Uh, it, uh, say, now, wait a minute, Bill. Are you trying to rib me? What, what do you mean, your island? Oh, didn't I tell you? I, I haven't lived in Cape Howe for three years. I, well, I, I find it more pleasant and comfortable out on the island. But what island? Boats around here have another name for it. But don't mind them if you hear it. I call it a chape. Hmm. Uh, uh, say that again, Bill. A chape. <laughs> well, what's that? Scandinavian or Esperanto? French. Come on. Here's the wagon over here. Young John's waiting on the boat landing. Oh, I say, how is young John? Jim, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about him. He's having trouble with his studies. Doesn't seem to like books and hates company. Well, I, I'd say he's more lonesome than anything else. It's more than lonesomeness, Bill. Ever since Bill Jr. died, he, he hasn't been the same. Angela and I were sorry to hear about Bill Jr. Pretty sudden, wasn't it? Yes, pretty sudden. That's the way it is in this country, though. So much fever, so few conveniences. Oh, by the way, you say Angela and the child will be along in a few days? Oh, yes. You got my wire? Got it yesterday. I didn't know your sister lived at Lowston. Oh, yes, she has for years. Angela wants to visit about a week, and then she'll come on down here to Cape Howe by steamer. Well, incidentally, old man, do you think this country's all right for the baby? Had her shots, has she? Oh, yes. Yes, I did everything you suggested in your letter. You know, that letter you wrote almost scared Angela out of coming. <laughs> she said if it's that dangerous here, she doesn't think we should risk the child's life by bringing her here. Well, there's no danger at all if the child's been inoculated against the three diseases I mentioned. Well, I took care of that all right. You're sure there's... No other danger. I've taken care of any other danger there might be. Hmm? What do you mean? Just that. There's nothing in the world for your Angela to worry about. Please believe me, Jim. Well, all right, old man. All right. Huh. Angela and I are on the first vacation we've had since we've been married. And believe you me, we're here to make the best of it. <laughs> Good. That's fine. Come on. The, the wagon's waiting, see? Right over there. country, eh, what, Jim? Oh, marvelous. We've enjoyed the whole trip so far. Didn't even get seasick on the way across. Not even the baby. And she only a year old. And say, I'm anxious to see that girl. How come you named her Sandra? Oh, that's one of Angela's favorite names. Pretty name, I like it. Mm. Oh, this is the blamedest means of transportation I've ever had to endure. I thought you would at least have your own limousine. No, Jim... I haven't been doing so well lately. I hope you'll be able to put up with what I have to offer you on the island. Rough and rugged, is it? Quite. I built the cabin myself. It's not much, but it's comfortable. Oh, by the way, did you bring the books I wrote you about? Books? Oh, yes, they're in the trunk. Oh, good. I must say, that's the strangest collection of books I've ever heard of. What kind of experimenting are you doing on that island anyway? It's pretty serious, Jim, I assure you. Well, it must be. I read your books on the way across. You you did? Yes, indeed. Dr. Helgen Woodward's book on lycanthropy and Henry Joseph McClure's pamphlet on the disease Lumpus vulgaris and Guy Ender's story, Werewolf of Paris, and two other books on werewolves. 
can't for the life of me imagine, Andrews, what you want with books like that out here in this wilderness. All right, Jim, here we are. Oh, John, here's Jim Howard. You remember Mr. Howard, don't you, Johnny? Well, sure he does. How are you, John, old boy? All right. Glad to see you, sir. Say, where was that old smile I used to see? Here, let me shake your hand. No, sir. I don't want to shake hands. Oh, come on now. We're old friends, aren't we? No, Mr. Howard. Oh, I say, now. Jim, just a minute. Let go, Mr. Howard. There. Jim. Oh, there now. Shake just like old friends. Let go. Let go my hands. Let go. Jim, please. I say. The boy's handbill. Come on, Jim. Into the boat with you. Come along, Johnny. Johnny, get into the boat, son. Yes, sir. Come along, Jim. All right, I'm... I'm shoving off. All right, Johnny. You want to take the oars for the exercise, or you want me to row? Well, son? I told him not to shake my hand. I told him, didn't I? Johnny. Can I help it? Is it my fault if my hand's off? Johnny! You want to row or not? Yes, sir. I'll row. Okay, son. Hop to it. Johnny. Uh... Sonny. If I did something... Come on. Down to the other end of the boat, will you? Here. Sit here. I see, Andrews. That boy's hand. Quiet. He's, he's upset enough. But Bill, the palm of Johnny's hand... Good Lord, man. It's all covered with a thick rope of hair. Okay, Jim. This is your room. Hmm. Say, this is fine. You say you built this yourself, Bill? Yep. Every bit of it. How do you like my island? Oh, I think it's perfect, but uh, pretty inconvenient. Oh, I don't mind. Sorry we had to arrive here so late. I'll show you around in the morning. Yes, I'm anxious to see the rest of your place, Bill. I want to talk to you more about your work. Yes, of course. Tomorrow. It's pretty late now. Yes, it is late. You know, I'm, I'm afraid I rather bored you, old man, with my chatter at the dinner table. Oh, Jim, you heathen. You've never bored me a minute in all the time I've known you. <laughs> oh, that man Rayfield of yours is certainly an excellent cook. Yes. He's an excellent tutor for young Johnny, too. You'll find him quite helpful if you want anything. Fine. Oh, by the way, the people in this spot are a superstitious lot, Jim. Don't let them bother you with any of their nonsense. Nonsense? Yes. Yeah, a silly rot about... Well, uh, things in the night. What things? Oh, there's nothing, of course. But they take all sorts of means to ward off, well, the evil spirits. Oh, oh I see. Here, I'll, I'll set this charm here on your desk. You won't be using the desk. Charm? Or... What charm? Oh, it's just a simple thing that the people hereabouts always insist on putting in the room in which a person sleeps. Here, these three bits of green twigs... Two of them standing upright, like this. There we have it. Hey, what is this? One cross piece on the uprights, like this. 
Then a lakeshore pebble. This little bit of charred wood. There you are. <laughs> now you're, you're fully protected. Protected <laughs> against what? Why, those evil spirits I was telling you about. And now just forget about them, Jim. I just put the charm here in case Raphael comes in. He's very superstitious and he'll never rest until he's made a charm for you himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, but I still... Now, just forget all about it. Just a whim of Raphael's. Good night, Jim. Night, old man. See you in the morning. Right. Right and early. If you need a spare blanket, there's one in the closet there. Right, Bill. Good night. Pleasant dreams. Hmm. A whim of Raphael's, huh? Three bits of green twig. Lakeshore pebble. A piece of charred wood. Hmm. That's a strange combination. To ward off evil spirits, so Bill claims. But what evil spirits? Great horn toads, what's that? What in the world is that? Bill! Bill, I say, Bill, what's that howling? It is nothing, Mr. Huh? Oh, you, Raphael. Nothing but a wild animal howling in the night. What? That sounded like a wolf. Uh, wolf, Mr. Allen. Yes. It couldn't have been a wolf. There are no such animals in this country, you know. I know that, but... There. You hear it? It, it, it will be all right, sir. Did Mr. Andrews give you the charm? Charm? Oh, yes, the charm. It will protect you, sir, from anything. Wait a minute, Raphael. Don't go. Just what is this thing I'm being protected from? Oh, nothing. Nothing, sir. Nothing at all. People around these parts are curious about this all. Superstitious, you know, and all that sort of thing. So we humor him by always keeping a charm in the sleeping rooms of our homes. Yes, but I don't see why you should worry about humoring anybody. Way out here alone like this on this well, island. Well, sir, it is just a habit of Mr. Andrew's arrival. But he said it was you he was satisfying by placing the charm in my bedroom. Yes, sir. That is, well, what, what I mean is, sir, I'll best be going. Young Johnny isn't feeling so well tonight. I hope you sleep good, Mr. Howard. And don't worry about the howling. Nothing will harm you. Hmm. Don't worry about the howling, Strange. That howl's coming from the east wing of this cabin. Right over there. By George, I'm going to skirt this place and have a look. Uh, quiet now. Not a sound. A light just went on in that room the sound's coming from. That window's heavily barred. And the window glass is frosted and curtained so no one can see inside. The howl is coming from inside that room. Here's the door to the place. Bill, 
Phil, are you in there? Phil! Some animal in there, all right. Phil! Andrews, are you in there? Whatever it is, it's trying to get out. Phil! Phil, are you all right? Are you in there, old man? Phil, are you in there? Phil! Yes, Jim? What is it? wondered if you were all right. I heard that animal howling, and I thought that... Animal? What animal, Jim? Don't tell me you didn't hear it. You weren't by any chance dreaming already, were you, old boy? But the howling came from inside that room. Say, you have been hearing things. I certainly have. <laughs> and just before you opened the door, I heard an animal sniffing and whining and scratching at the door. Oh, now, Jim. A joke's a joke. But I'm and... not joking. Well, come on inside and look for yourself, then. Does anybody use this room? Certainly, it's young Johnny's. He and Bill Jr. had the room together before... before we lost Bill Jr. Bill? I'd swear there was an animal in here a moment ago. <laughs> Normally, Jim, I'd be a little confused by what you're saying. Well, the long trip, the worry about your baby daughter... Look, look, there on the door. Long, deep scratches, like an animal's nails would make. Oh, oh those. Jim, those marks are ancient... The boys used to own a collie dog. We don't have him anymore. We used to shut him up in here sometimes, and he'd scratch on the door for someone to let him out. Now what's this? Bill, what is this? A long, heavy chain, securely fastened to the metal bedpost, and a huge leather collar on the other end. Yes, that was the collie's chain and collar. We, well, we've never removed it from the bed. We'd chain the dog here at night to protect the boys. But look here. Fresh blood stains on the collar, and... Little wisps of grayish fur. Jim, forget it. Those stains aren't fresh. That dog hair has probably been there for ages. Yeah. yeah I suppose so. But why the bars on the windows, Andrews? Just a protection for the children. Well, come on the living room, old man, and let me get you a drink. Call it a night, shall we? Yes. So I suppose we'd better... Maybe a little sleep will do everybody a lot of good. Angela, I can't tell you how happy I am to have you and Jim here to visit me. <laughs> We've looked forward to this for six months, Bill. I envy Jim for having a week's head start on me. <laughs> oh, we really like it here, Bill. Uh, baby asleep, dear? Yes, and it's time we had some rest, too. And that's my hint to clear out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm going over to the mainland. I'll be back by morning. Anything wrong, Bill? Oh, no, not a thing. Jim, may I ask a favor? Certainly. That watch charm you're wearing. Solid silver, isn't it? Why, well, yes, it is. Do you think you could give it to me? Give it to you? Why, of course. I have a very special reason for wanting it. I wouldn't ask for it if I didn't have. Here you are. Thanks, old man. I... I hope I can return it to you. Well, good night. See you tomorrow. Good night, Jill. Jim. Why does Bill act so strangely? I... I don't know, dear. Hmm. 
I wonder why he wanted that silver watch charm. Odd. Oh, oh, by the way, you said you had that wire for me. Oh, yes. It's here in my purse. I'll get it for you. Would you cover Sandra, dear? She's kicked her blanket off. Oh, sure. Here you are, darling. Thanks. Hmm. I say, Angela. Yes, dear? Listen. In answer to your cable, I have been able to learn that the grandfather of William J. Andrews was shot in France almost half a century ago by an angered mob. His grave was recently opened. And instead of the remains of a man, investigators found the almost perfectly intact body of a strange beast, somewhat resembling a wolf. Jim, no. Just... Oh, oh Jim, what's that? Something's wrong. Come on, hurry. Oh, look. Look down the doorway of that room with the bars at the windows. Some animal running out there near the edge. Jim! I hit that creature three times. I couldn't have missed him. And yet the bullets didn't even slow him down. Jim! There's the doorway. It's Raphael. Look at him. Oh, his throat. Only an animal could have done a thing like that. Why, John Johnny? Look, Jim. That heavy chain hanging from the bedpost. The collar's gone. Chain snapped right in two. Angela, you and I have a job to do. I... I hate to ask you to do this, but I think you've got the courage. To do what, dear? Come along with me. You will see. About ready to get the lid off the box now? Oh. Steady, Angela. Steady. Oh, this thing's terrible. Desecrating Bill Jr.'s grave like this. Digging up the casket. If I'm wrong about this. Well, we see. Hand <laughs> me that bar. That's it. Now. Hold the light over here now, Angela. Just another nail or two. exactly what I thought. That's not a boy's body in that casket. It, it's what was Bill Jr. But look. Woolly fur all over it. And that head and face. Like a dog's. Like a wolf's. <gasps> oh, Jim. Young Bill Jr. died a werewolf. His great-grandfather before him had the same disease. That's why Bill Jr. died so mysteriously. That's why Andrews had to leave the mainland to move out here. And all the while, he's been studying, trying to effect a cure. The hair on the palms of young Johnny's hands 
not wanting me to shake hands with him. Now I see why Bill was so insistent about the charm of twigs, stone, charcoal. My watch charm. A silver bullet. Jim. That howl again. Jim. Come on, hurry. Hurry. Look, there's no light in the room. We left it on, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Oh, Jim, hurry. There. The light went on. Look out, dear. Let me in there. Oh, locked. This door's locked. Who's in there? Open this door. Open up. Oh, Jim. Open up this door. Open up, I say. Everything's finished now. Young Johnny is dead. And you have heard Scott Bishop's 13th original tale of dark fantasy. W is for werewolf. Ben Morris was heard tonight as Jim Howard. Garland Moss was Bill Andrews. Eleanor Naylor Corrin took the part of Angela Howard. Fred Wayne was Raphael. And Don Stoltz played young Johnny. Next Friday night at the same time, listen to the 14th in this series of dark fantasy dramas. An intriguing, exciting story called A Delicate Case of Murder, written by Scott Bishop. A strange, weird tale of a spiritualistic medium who suddenly finds herself in the midst of a vicious and well-planned murder plot with herself the victim. Murder and fantasy combined to produce one of the most eerie adventures you have ever heard in A Delicate Case of Murder. Tom Paxton speaking. Dark Fantasy comes to you each Friday night from WKY... Oklahoma City. That was W is for Werewolf from the series Dark Fantasy here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. All right. We continue Monster Month. We have now done The Mummy. We've done Frankenstein. We move into The Werewolf. There are a lot of adaptations of The Werewolf. However, unlike Frankenstein, which has a base uh, where it all comes from, 
Mm. The werewolf idea, the concept of it, begins in old legends from folklore, folklore and Eastern European things. And you can pull what you like and what you don't like from the folklore and mix and match that and come up with your story. So it's an interesting thing because what pieces, what are they going to use? What are they not going to have in there? What is going to be the effect of that? You don't have the same issue of Frankenstein of... Is it hitting the plot point notes, which you don't have in this case? Yeah, right, from the novel or anything. But I do think that all werewolf stories uh, are pretty simple in the fact that man turns into giant hairy beast and kills. Uh, If you don't hit those points, I think you've probably (laughs) done a terrible job. (laughs) And I think this one does a really, really good job of that. Um, Let's talk about the opening for Dark Fantasy. Gosh, I love it. (laughs) I do, but is it just me? No, I do, but is it just me, or did he seem extra sleepy in this version <laughs> i mean he really well, sounded a... drugged because it's usually i love the dark fantasy yeah he's but in this version when he just keeps going friday the 13th and the third dark scott w for where we're, donk <laughs> <laughs> they had to go the extra mile to make the point of it's our 13th episode on friday the 13th yeah. hey which is how they should have done it what if <laughs> i love the opening i love how quiet it was and the fact that at a certain point i had to lean in which is weird we have headphones on usually but you're leaning into nothing you're leaning in like what is he saying are you still listening (laughs) i'm in your head (laughs) uh so i love the opening all right so uh let's start with tim we've done a couple werewolves uh, on this podcast, why this one? Well, I would confess the the main grab for me of why I wanted to do this one was because of the Don Stoltz connection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have known it had they not said his name at the end. So I was listening and going, considering maybe Don Stoltz. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, so. to remind people, Don Stoltz, we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, is a legendary Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, where we're from and we're actors in this town. He's a legend uh, yeah. and has won a Lifetime Achievement Award. So that's very exciting. Yes. Yeah. Um, for the story itself, I'm torn. There are things <laughs> in the story itself, like across my chest, torn, um, <laughs> that it's hard to get around how long it takes him to really get to <laughs> this might be a werewolf. Okay. It, it is so ridiculous. It's, it's he brings a stack him, of books. He brings that... him a stack of books on werewolves. It goes, what's going on? He finds a room with a leash, a blood-covered leash and collar and scratch marks. And he's like, mm, it's probably safe to bring my wife and baby. <laughs> It's so awesome. I wrote, Bill's got an answer for everything, doesn't he? Uh, there's a big chain in the leather collar. I said it's nothing. There's fresh blood stains. And fr- I said it's nothing, but the bars on that were nothing. Okay. Um, I know he's bringing his wife and child. And you know me. Like, I get lost sometimes. In, in the plot. But to me, they didn't do a good enough job of explaining the setup to what he was doing there. Because all of a sudden, there was a woman there. I felt they spent a lot of time talking about the specific but shots when she the baby up, needs. It, yeah. There wasn't yeah. like, then my wife showed up, see? <laughs> <laughs> there was no, all of a sudden this woman started talking and I thought that was like yeah. very jolting. Like I had to go back and go, oh, right. It, well, despite this- all the clues, it isn't until he actually reads the doctor's telegram, snoops into his telegram yes. that he finally puts it together. And even then he's like, we're going to have to dig up the body of a child to Which, figure this out. <laughs> I love. 
that the wife shows up, has a nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so someone's taking care of the baby. Okay. We got to go dig up a baby. <laughs> Not a baby, a child. <laughs> we are it's never coming like, here again. Which was funny. It's literally, even the title is a bad clue. It's like W is for werewolf. It's like a children's book. I don't, even, I don't even understand the title. Okay. Thank you. Because I kept waiting for the title to tie why W is for werewolf. It ties Title. into what I half enjoy about this episode is that it implies a story that I would love to hear <laughs> <laughs> about this guy who knows that his kids are lycanthropes and like, I can't just kill them. They're my children. I have to go to an island and study them. And so the W is for werewolf is that idea of I'm raising children who are werewolves. That'd be great, wouldn't it? But why W? What if that was all homeschooling? What if that's why anyone homeschooled their child is because they're a werewolf? Then this title would make sense. (laughs) Then I want to know what the other twenty-five letters are for. (laughs) Um, Dark fantasy kind of starts with a title and then writes a story that may or may not have anything to do with that title. um, And I might remind you, the other dark fantasy story that we have listened to on this podcast was Spawn of the Subhuman, which had nothing to do with the content of that. Which I won't spoil. Go back and listen to Spawn of the Subhuman People. And the Demon Tree <laughs> not. was dark fantasy. Ah. There are moments that I think, oh, this is going really well. It has its moments. And digging up... <laughs> it's too bad this isn't on camera. Joshua just shaking his head at me across the room as I said that. No, no, you are wrong. Uh, digging up a child and... And the werewolf at the window and shooting at it and three bullets going into it and it not. There are moments where I think, oh, they're on it. And then it doesn't happen anymore. It nope. ends with a guy shooting his son with a silver watch charm. <laughs> 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 I didn't say it ended well. I said it had moments of momentum. Y- yes, no, it did. You're right. Occasionally go forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the story is linear yes it's a great concept that he's on an island yes and they do set up that that theme of disease and trying to find a cure for disease and that's another hey did you get the letter where i asked you if you had three diseases isn't that a red flag not to come to the island you know that, that was a weird moment too uh the three diseases you don't have yeah and they didn't think, list them so i assume one of them was lycanthropy <laughs> yeah so, yes screen them for <laughs> do you have werewolf disease <laughs> <laughs> that overactive thyroid <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> and uh, uh and, and, a, and a at cold. what point did harry palms Little Johnny? Yeah. What, when did it move from a sign of oh, evil man. to a sign of chronic masturbation? Can we say that on the podcast? <laughs> well, uh, we, we, did. Did, we did it now. I mean, we're immunized, so we yeah. <laughs> But I think there was something distressing when it was a young sullen, teenager. young teenager. With, with hair shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done in the bathroom yet. <laughs> Knock before you come in. Jeez. I'll be out when I'm good and ready. <laughs> Uh, here's what else bothers me about the hairy palms other than that. Well, they're uncomfortable. He's not a werewolf right now. Like, why is part of the werewolf staying with you? That, you know that's I mean? earlier it, lore. Yep, when you're in your lore. human form, that would be one of the signs that the hair does not all go away. All right. And that's probably the connection. It's some sort of sign of evil, which is why it, it, it has come to have a different connotation today. 
uh, coming up in a few weeks, we have another, uh, not to ruin anything, but another example of Harry Palms yep. that I did not yep. know about. You should have just done Harry Palm Month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every month is Harry Palm Month. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to start this over? <laughs> okay, in all seriousness, okay. Dark Fantasy is the show that I always root for because I really like the mood of it. And I think it starts, like you said, at the opening. It has this somber tone, but the scripts just seem to always fail it. And I'm determined to find the good Dark Fantasy episode. Um, there are other radio shows that if, if I listened to three to four of them and I didn't like them, I wouldn't be like, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you, but there's something about this that I want them to be better than mm -hmm. they are. Yes, they have huge potential. Let's go back, if you haven't heard this episode, go back and listen later, to uh, The Gorilla in the Plane. What was it called? Uh, the Spawn of the Subhuman. Spawn of the Subhuman. Remember how we talked about how that was going down a really great path? Yeah. And we thought, oh, my gosh, this has got so much potential to be a good story before it turns sideways. This one went down a great path. There's a guy on an island who has it werewolves running around. Is a fantastic setup. Islands are always a great trope. You can't get off. Uh, werewolves running around that are his kids. You know, this is all going to work. And that setup of, it's not necessarily clear, but he's had to kill the older one. Right. And he's hoping to get, keep the younger one alive. Mm -hmm. no, that's great drama. And I think yes. it comes down to that Bishop doesn't seem to know where the suspense and drama in his own plots yeah. are. Right. Because he turns this into the, the suspense being, will Jim figure it out? And, and that's not suspenseful to us because it's called W is for werewolf to begin <laughs> yes. with. And, and, and I mean, mm -hmm. so we all know. And so it's like, come on, Jim. It's not, it's annoying, not suspenseful. Yeah. H had he turned it into a, a moral dilemma with the father, do I kill my older son now too? And if you're going to set up Jim to, gradually learn things don't make them giant hammers that are hitting them over the head like <laughs> yes. if someone sends me a bunch of books that are about werewolves we're done here what <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just stop there hey telegram uh from jim what's it say why did you send me werewolf books stop <laughs> that's super weird stop don't think i'm coming stop <laughs> figure your stuff out stop my point being is that it can't be that ridiculous for us to go, well, you've got a chain and a collar and blood all over your room uh, and you go to bed. Yeah. That's terrible. Those are writing. the payoff things that are so disappointing. But the, there's also the nice setup of, and my wife and baby are coming. Mm -hmm. And if I discover something horrible, can I stop them from coming? Can I protect them? But the yeah. huge plot hole right. here is why Bill, who's hiding all this stuff, would invite Jim to the island. Uh, ostensibly, it's to bring him these books, but I think he could have probably got these books in a different way. There He's got needed, servants. Yeah, there <laughs> needed to be something that Jim provided right. that he needed to keep the werewolf information from him, but he essentially really needed Jim or something creepy. He needed something from the baby or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those kind of stakes. Because right now, it's just like I'm by your island and then realized, oh, wait, inconvenient. <laughs> My son's a werewolf right now, dope. You know, I mean. Uh, anything else we want to uh, make fun of? <laughs> the accent on the native, I listened to it three times because it sounded like he said a wild enema. And I know he said a wild animal when he was describing what was making you heard the howling noises. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's a wild enema. I'm like, what? 
I can understand. Well, you were right. That's what he said. <laughs> These guys. There's a lot the... going wrong yeah. on this island. Yeah. <laughs> They're off in the woods going. <laughs> I hope you got your shots, man. <laughs> I did like to give some faint praise. The the weird little collection of, of talisman of the mm-hmm. green sticks and charcoal smudge. and That was nice. Well, it's hard to listen to this after listening to something like uh, Quiet Please from a few weeks back because I, I feel cute right. when they zero in and give such detail, which I agree. It was really cool to hear what all the different pieces of this talisman, the charred wood, the little sticks, so detailed, but it's meaningless. It yeah. doesn't play into anything. Right. right? And, and as a listener, you go, okay, this is important because we took the time to describe in great detail what it is. Nope. <laughs> nope. Never comes into play again. I thought Don Stoltz was fantastic. Yes. And it was worth listening just to hear Don. Don is Harry Palms. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to act that little known fact. Oh no, that's not. You got to get in character. You could really hear it in his voice. <laughs> All right, uh, quick vote. Nope, <laughs> Tim. It is not a classic. It probably doesn't really hold the test of time. It is a fun little bit of nostalgia because Don Stoltz was in it. Barely of historical interest. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Monster Month on the Mystery Sold Radio Listening Society podcast, and um, uh, we have a couple more coming up. Um, before we let you go, please go to ghoulishdelights.com. It is the website where this uh, podcast is housed, homed, where it lives. Um, you can find other episodes of this podcast at that website, as well as information about our live shows, because we're going to be at the James J. Hill Center at the end of this month, this month being October 2017, uh, performing a live version of a monster-themed script. Which, if you look at the website, should tell you it's Dracula, so I don't know why I kept it a secret. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, hey, write us a review on iTunes. Please do. We are up to 18 reviews, I think. I I would love. Is it up to 20? Uh, Yeah, just write more reviews, okay? Otherwise, what are you going to do? Written one, get a false name. Yeah. It works. It's the internet, no one cares. Yeah, we we don't care. We don't have integrity. We have a podcast instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to continue Monster Month uh, next week, and next week is Joshua's. It's an interesting pick because we went really traditional, the old Universal monster with Mummy, Frankenstein, uh, werewolf. werewolf, and now we're going to. Edgar Allan Poe, dun, dun, dun. who has also been included in all these series alongside uh, monsters in Universal Studios films from the 30s and 40s. But we'll talk more about that later. Uh, I chose the episode The Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum. Until then, look out! Nothing but a wild animal. <laughs>